And now, The Mentors, one of the most popular and unique shows on the radio today. Each week, one of our four remarkable CEOs, including Tom Lord, John Phillips, and Rick Brutico, will challenge your thinking about life and work. Sought after for their success and for consistently putting people first, treating employees and customers with respect, and helping others succeed, now these same CEOs, the mentors, want to help you achieve your highest level of profitability, success, and personal fulfillment in life, at work, and in business. Now, here's your mentor. Hi. Welcome to the Mentors Radio Show. I'm Tom Laurie, your host for today. I'm really glad that you joined us. Have you ever hit the wall and had to make a major change in your life or your career? Have you wondered how you need to get a, to go about that, to have a successful endpoint? Well, we'll be tackling these questions and more with a guest who has seen it all. Before we dive in, though, three quick reminders. We love your feedback and questions. Leave us a question anytime, 24-7 at 844-610-8255. That number again is 844-610-TALK. You can like us on Facebook at The Mentors Radio, and you'll find all of our show notes with free links and giveaways at TheMentorsRadio.com. That's TheMentorsRadio.com. Okay, let's get started. We have as our special guest today, Andres Vidmar, who spent a couple of years as a Swiss guard at the Vatican, and he had a special opportunity to be the bodyguard for John Paul II. Andreas is also the author of a book called The The Pope and the CEO, which we're going to talk a great deal about in terms of lessons learned as he worked with John Paul II. We also have uh, with us today uh, Lynn Fisher, and Lynn is the CEO of Title 21, which is a health solutions provider in Pleasanton, California. Lynn made a switch herself from consumer marketing, where she was marketing ice cream and wine, to the healthcare world. And she's going to be a guest host today and have some questions with her entrepreneurship background. Uh, Andreas is the assistant professor of entrepreneurship and the director of the art. And Carly's Cioco, I may have said that wrong, Cioca. Center for Principal Entrepreneurship at the Catholic University of America's Bush School of Business and Economics. And let's skip right to uh, Andreas, and I would like him to tell us a little bit about his background, and he can start off with uh, why he wanted to be a Swiss guard. Hi, Tom and Lynn. Thanks for having me on the show. It's um, a common question, eh? Why did you want to be a Swiss guard? If I... <clears throat> If I could only tell you that it was out of nobility and noble means or uh, objectives, it, it wasn't. I became a Swiss Guard because um, that is a secret service. It's a foreign legion for Swiss, uh, for Swiss citizens. And I just thought becoming a bodyguard was about the coolest thing I could do at 20 years old. And uh, unfortunately, faith uh, was not on my mind. And so I completely went there for secular reasons. And uh, what was the role that you played while at the Vatican with regards to St. John Paul II? So the Swiss Guards, we've been doing this since 1506, so uh, many, you know, over 500 years. We, we are responsible solely for the personal integrity of the Holy Father. So we're his, his bodyguards, like his, uh, a group of 115 of us that is responsible for the safety of the Pope, of uh, whoever's the Pope. And so we guard his um, his apartment uh, when he travels, we guard him uh, when he travels around Rome or, or the world or inside the Vatican. Wherever he goes, we go. And so my, my duty was very, um, you know, versatile in a sense. Sometimes you're stationed at the more fixed points, like the, the, the apartment is, of course, always secured. But sometimes you get to go with him as he goes and has audiences, be it on the square or in the, in the church, in the, in the audience hall. We basically get to be wherever he goes. And the interesting thing there is that because we're always there, the Pope is going to have to talk to somebody, and everybody else usually makes quite a bit of a, you know, for the lack of a better word, fuss about him being there. 
And so a relationship is built between the Swiss Guards and the Holy Father that is a personal relationship, because he, he's, he's got, we're always close to where he is at, and so eventually he takes to talking to the guards very personally and gets to know them very personally, and that is exactly the privilege that I had to actually get to know uh, John Paul II uh, on a very personal basis. And how did it prepare you for what was to come after you left the Vatican? As a long story, but in a ba- in basic terms, John Paul II led me to faith. He led me to faith in Jesus Christ and to have a a relationship to seek a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, which he had, and I much admired and longed for. And he he's the one who taught me to pray and um, to seek Christ. And so I would say in in the big picture of my life. That is uh, that that is what he gave me. Of course it wasn't um it wasn't so that John Paul just said, okay, do this and and actually he never said do this. He always said uh, I'd have to make a, a decision myself. But it wasn't so easy as to say he gave me uh, the, the the tools for this faith and everything was right afterwards. It, not at all. He put me on that path and I had a two-step, one step forward, two-step back relationship in my faith, and then eventually in my work, um, especially in, in putting the two things together. But he certainly was uh, built the basis of uh, of my professional life. Now, I know that you, uh, after the Vatican, you came to the United States, and you were one of the very first employees for what is now known as Nuance, which is a company that's valued in excess of $5 billion. But something happened after Nuance. Tell us a little bit about that experience. So I came after, uh, after I, I left the Vatican, and I came to America. Uh, the, my first company is actually called FTP Software. Um, that was the, the company that introduced the Internet to the PC, which Internet is in, uh, Unix-based, and we wrote, the, in a sense, the emulator of the translation for, uh, for TCPIP. So anyway... Um, that was the first success I was very blessed to have. It was amazing uh, in the early 90s. And then I switched over to Dragon Systems, where I met the engineers who uh, invented continuous speech recognition. And it was an amazing experience. We eventually sold the company for $600 million, which is uh, you know, it's amazing. And at that point, I've had two really, really large successes in my business life, coming to America and living the American dream, really falling in love with this system, but then also falling in love thinking that I had a golden touch, you see? And that's sort of the two steps back there in terms of my faith and my business in that I started, I, I was at that point most certainly a, a Sunday Catholic, that I never stopped to go to church or anything. It's just that that's what I did on Sunday, not on you know, Jesus was the man on Sunday. I was the man on Monday through Saturday. Um, and so we sold that company, and to make a long story short, it turned out to be a fraudulent company who bought us. And the whole thing, like, faster than you, than you can blink, went to zero. They pulled the stock uh, off NASDAQ, and the whole thing turned into a scandal. And and we ended up with literally zero dollars Well, let's uh, stop there for a second, go to break. And after the break, we're going to be with our guest mentor, Andreas Wiedmar, and our guest host, Lynn Fisher. And we're going to talk a little bit more about when Andreas hit the wall and what he had become and what did he need to become. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. 
My pillow will get you into that deep sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow. And I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. My Pillow is now offering 50% off their four-pack special plus free shipping. Go to MyPillow.com or call 1-800-890-6632, 1-800-890-6632, and use promo code MENTORS. That's 50% off plus free shipping. Don't delay. Order now. Imagine waking up and walking just eight steps to your work. No commute, no traffic. You set your own hours, full-time or part-time. Your choice. Supplement your income, replace your income. It's up to you. Hopeinacan.com can help you get there. These aren't empty promises. When Katherine, a popular hairstylist back east, became ill and needed different work, she became part of the Hope in a Can team. Within two years, she not only regained her health, but also more than replaced her income. Mary, a nurse and mother of nine in the Midwest, quit nursing to be with her family and work from home. Her income put nine children through college. A near-retirement dentist is happily building a post-retirement business. What are your goals? Call now toll-free to learn more. 855-921-HOPE. That's 855-921-HOPE. Or go to hopeinacan.com. That's hopeinacan.com. Hopeinacan.com. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Hi, welcome back. If you just just joined us, you're listening to The Mentors Radio. I'm Tom Laurie, your host for today. We're talking with Andreas Viedmar, who is the Assistant Professor of Entrepreneurship at the Catholic University of America's Bush School of Business and Economics. And we're talking about when he hit the wall and the pivot he made after he left the Vatican and a company that he was involved with uh, went down the tubes and he lost everything as a result. You can catch the full show on TheMentorsRadio.com. We also have in the studio today Lynn Fisher, who is a co-host with me. And I know Lynn had a question about hitting the wall. Yes, thanks, Tom. Andreas, thank you so much. I really enjoyed um, your book, The Pope and the CEO. And in your book, you post questions of reflection at the end of each chapter, which I found to be very helpful. So looking back on your career at FTP and Dragon Systems and when you did hit the wall, do you look back at those experiences that they were a blessing or a curse? Or how do you reflect on those experiences given where you are now in your career? Linda, thanks for asking. This is my favorite question. With any doubt, these were blessings. What does it serve a man to win the whole world and to lose his soul? And I think that in in the cases, I had to reinvent myself about two or three times in my life because of situations with like this, some of them totally outside of my control or even my causing, but still these were events, looking back, where God gave me a very clear guidelines of where he wants me to go. How often do we pray and say, God, if you'd only clearly tell me where to go? Well, he did clear, tell me a few times, <laughs> all too clearly, where he wanted me to go. And that's, uh, that's a great blessing. And so I sort of think back of Israel in the Old Testament that gets these corrections. And I'm actually glad for these corrections because they give me a chance to really uh, reflect on God in my life. Mm -hmm. So what advice would you give someone who's just hit the wall? Well, it's difficult to uh, have the distance to it. So you go through all the, you know, you go through the grieving process when somebody asks me, so what do you do after you lose $600 million, a, a group like that, uh, of us who, managed, who, who ran, uh, who owned uh, uh, Dragon Systems? What do you do? And my answer is, well, you assume the fetal position under your desk, <laughs> which is to say this isn't going to be easy. And, of course, the first thing is, like, somebody slaps you, and, and you just, it's just, it's depressing and, and, and discouraging and all of that. The question is, throughout all of this, you have a right to go through these 
and and even in a sense of psychologically, you have a you should go through these greeting through the greeting process. But throughout all of this, if there is a way you can reach out to God, go and experience the sacraments. Go and experience the sacrament of confession, and and with a little bit of distance, go go to do a retreat. Uh, uh, write about. Uh, glorifying God through all the things that are good in your life and what you're thankful for. Uh, do a gratitude journal after something like this happened to you, and you will start to see how God is working in your life. I would say it took me a good two years to start to put this into perspective. Um, when you hit the wall, and uh, or I want to call it the ground, uh, I mean, this really smashed me on the ground. Of course, I, I'm married, and at the same time, in, on some levels, it's worse for your spouse because they only hear this and they feel completely in, uh, non-empowered. They only hear this and they go in this roller coaster and they can't do anything about it. Well, neither can you, but at least you're you're on the front line of it. So it also hurts your marriage, you know. And so you have to pray in in a real uh, active way. Um, one of the things that helped me is to have confession regularly and to have a spiritual director who helped me put things in perspective. But it took a good two years to, to even get to perspective. In case you just tuned in, you're listening to The Mentors Radio. More information is available on the web at thementorsradio.com. I'm Tom Laurie, and today we're talking with Andreas Wiedmar, who went from being a Vatican Swiss guard to an entrepreneur and ended up hitting the wall. And uh, I know that at some point in your recovery, we'll call it the recovery, you formed or you did some work and John Templeton Foundation uh, uh, asked you to do some things and that led to another uh, another chapter in your life. What, could tell us about that. So you said that, Tom, the thing is that, um, so I was trying to jump back in right away and go back and start my next company. I was actually a, an executive in residence at a, at a large, famous uh, uh, VC company in Boston, and I'm like, okay, I'm ready to go back in. And at the side, I, I wrote, uh, I wrote on my faith and my business um, uh, an article that's called "My Faith in Capitalism," sort of to compare the two and to compare my experience, or, or to as a catharsis, if you wish. And then, and. Sir John Templeton approached me and said, hey, uh, this is very interesting stuff you're writing. That's exactly the kind of stuff I'm trying to do. Why don't, we, uh, why don't you come and work with me? And I kept saying, well, look, this is, you're doing philanthropy and everything. That's not my shtick. That's not what I'm doing. And I kept saying for him to go away. And he kept coming back and saying, look, if you don't want to work with me, then at least write the business plan for what I'm doing, what, what my group could do. And I'm like, okay, that, that I'll do. And make a little bit of money, and then while I'm here trying to get my next thing going, little did I know that that is actually what God wanted me to do. And while the VC side and at least trying to start something else totally decreased, this idea of a, of starting a company that that works with emerging market companies to find the best entrepreneurs in the world to. Uh, to show how entrepreneurship can be a solution to poverty, ended up uh, taking over the next six years of my life and really to lead what I'm doing today, uh, to teach entrepreneurship. And you mentioned that uh, there were some keys to leading the John Paul, St. John Paul II, uh, you observed and you certainly wrote about it in your book. What are a few of those that stick out? You know, um, it takes a little bit longer to explain that in detail, but basically what he says, when we work, we imitate God. We get this privilege to be created like God. No animal can work. No animal can create. We can create because we're made in the image and likeness of God. So when we, as humans, work, we don't just make more. This is not just a physical thing. We literally become more. We become more like God, and if you become like God, you become holy. Work is a path to holiness. We're going to cut to break, and when we come back, we'll be talking with Andreas Wiedmar, who went from the Vatican to entrepreneurship, from pivoting from hitting the wall to great success. 
Americans have been traveling down the health insurance highway for decades. But lately, it's been taking us to places we don't want to go. For Christians, it's hard to know which road to take. Or is it? Samaritan Ministries provides a different direction, a biblical path for their members to pray for each other and share financially in each other's medical needs. This idea that Samaritan has adopted from the book of Acts should permeate all parts of our lives, not just health sharing. We, as a body of believers, are living out New Testament Christianity. This is what God intended for the church. Looking for a new direction for your health care? Join the hundreds of thousands of Samaritan Ministries members who are faithfully sharing millions of dollars in medical needs each month. For more information, visit us online at SamaritanMinistries.org. That's SamaritanMinistries.org. Are you struggling with how to practice your faith at work? Get answers to your questions and much more on the Catholic Business Journal. Focusing on careers and business with a Catholic perspective. That's catholicbusinessjournal.biz. The Catholic Business Journal, generating a return on principle. catholicbusinessjournal.biz. catholicbusinessjournal.biz. This is a church, a church that might be like yours, with beautiful stained glass windows. Through the years, time and weather took their toll, so the people in this church went online and found Willethauser Architectural Glass. Willethauser did a free inspection and evaluation of the church's windows. Then their craftsmen, with over 120 years of stained glass design and restoration experience, brought the church's stained glass windows back to life. Willethauser.com. Attention salespeople. Are you struggling trying to make sales on a daily basis so you can earn more money and enjoy a better lifestyle? Are you sick and tired of prospects telling you they want to think about it and not being able to pay your bills? End all that now by going to www.minutestosales.com and sign up for my free webinar. Hello, I'm Jeff Moder, and I regularly hear from salespeople and business owners who are struggling to get more sales because they don't know how to sell in a clear and convincing way. And that was me when I started out in sales more than 35 years ago. I knew I had a great product that made people's lives better, but for some reason, I just didn't know how to tell people about it in a clear and convincing way. I couldn't even close the door, so to speak. But all that changed when I cracked the code. Since then, I've helped hundreds of people to understand the process and be able to sell at will. If you'd like to start making more sales immediately, sign up for my free webinar at www.minutestosales.com. We can experience for yourself my simple, amazing process and see how it instantly improves your sales ability. Go to www.minutestosales.com today and sign up for my free webinar. Talk to you soon. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome back. If you've just joined us, you're listening to The Mentors Radio. I'm Tom Laurie, your host for today, and we're talking with Andreas Wiedmar, who is the Assistant Professor of Entrepreneurship at the Catholic University of America in Washington, D.C. And in the last segment, we were talking about recovering from hitting the wall and putting God and Christ into your life as part of your recovery. I have today Lynn Fisher, who is the CEO, as a guest CEO of Title 21, which is a health solutions company, who is a guest host with me. And she has a follow-up question for you, Andreas. Yes. So, Andreas, in your book, you wrote when you were leaving the Vatican that uh, St. John Paul II gave you a blessing and said, go and bring Christ in the world. So my question for you is, when have you found it's appropriate to share your faith and bring Christ in the workplace? How do you make that decision? It's a good question, yes. He, he, because he knew that I found Christ um, in the Vatican through working with him. He, because first he sort of joked and said, why are you leaving and so on? Then eventually he said, look, I'm glad, um, and, and go bring Christ who you found here now into work and into what you're going to do. I use his model in this when you say, how is it appropriate? When Pope John Paul II first interacted with me, I was in a difficult, very difficult emotional space. And what he did actually is not to tell me what to do, but he basically embraced me and said that he was going to pray for me. And he never, and actually John Paul never told me what to do. He always 
try to do something for me. And so, in a sense, he carried me to Christ. Mm-hmm. He loved me to Christ. He prayed me to Christ. So, what I'm trying to do is I will bring Christ anywhere I go, into any boardroom, into any meeting, but not in the way that you would think that I bring up Christ in a confrontational way. First of all, anywhere I go, I try to pray there, because I think if I don't pray, if I pray there, it allows God to enter that place, that building, that meeting, and so on, even quietly. I have a rosary with me. I'm very consciously bringing Christ to wherever I go. At the same time, St. Paul said that what he liked to do when he would meet with somebody is to, before going into the meeting, to say, Lord, you know this person that I'm going to meet, and you love them so much, because otherwise they wouldn't exist. Lord, let me see this person the way you see them, and then act according to that love. One of the reasons why John Paul is, everybody feels like, they, that he, you know, when they met him, like he got up to meet them in the morning. I think that is the crucial point, that he had, he prayed for the Holy Spirit to work through him, to, to give him the eyes in the way of the love of God. That's why he was so present. And I think this is something we can do. Something he talks about is there's, if you, you, we're, we're meant to love each other. And, and love in, in, in English is sort of a, a one, a one-word thing, but in Italian, there's many different kinds of loves. The kind of love we would have among us uh, in business or um, um, among people, friendship, which is called, when you say, I love you, you say, ti voglio bene, ti voglio bene, I want your good. And John Paul would say, well, what good do you want from me? What's the greatest good you could need, you could wish for somebody, even if they, it doesn't matter if they're Catholic, if, they're, if they have no faith, it doesn't matter what. What do you wish for them? Are they important? Do you love them enough that you wish for them to forever be happy and go to heaven and be with God forever? Even if they don't believe, you can wish it for them. And so how much do you love them? If you love somebody, you'd never do anything with them or for them uh, that would hinder them on this path to heaven. So I would ask, do you love your customers? Do you love your employees? What's the bene? What's the good you want wish for them? And are you behaving according to that? I think this is one of the critical ways to bring Christ into the workplace. And this kind of approach is beautiful, and therefore it, it attracts people. And they will very soon ask you where you're coming from with this. And that's uh, a moment of that kind of evangelization. I think the most of the evangelization is done with this approach to to loving you and to see people with God's eyes. In case you just tuned in, you're listening to The Mentors Radio. This is Tom Laurie, your host for this week, and we are talking with Andreas Wiedmar, who served as a pontifical Swiss guard before coming into the world of business. He speaks four languages, has a number of degrees, and is uh, an eternal student. And I'd like to ask uh, you right now, Andreas, about that eternal learning and reading. Uh, From what I read out of the book is that uh, John Paul was, and it seems that you followed that path as well. Uh, Maybe you can talk a little bit to the eternal learning. And I know it's learning about things eternal, but it's also eternal learning. Yeah. Of course, Tom, the, the, see, there is a joy. What I learned and discovered uh, in my time in Rome in my, t- my time with John Paul, is the joy of learning. To me, at, as a, I was a 20-year-old when I met him, I just came out of school and I just couldn't, I couldn't get out of there fast enough. I was not a good student. And to me, learning was a chore. It was something somebody tells me to do and they tell me what to do. He turned that upside down. John Paul's mental uh, expansion, his, his mental attitude, I feel like when he talked about things, it's almost like he took me by the hand and led me onto this high peak with a vista that would just blow me away. It was beautiful to see how he could show you how learning would, as he would say, makes you fly like an eagle. 
you know, he said that the one we are we are made to be eagles, to be the you know the kings and queens of the sky in that sense. And for that, God gave us two wings. One is reason, learning, and the other one is faith. But if you only use one, you're like an eagle who goes in a circle. You can't fly straight. He said, however, that most of us eat, won't even use either one of these just to be earth, uh, earthbound, uh, uh, you know, in, in our mental state that we don't even take off. But what he showed me is what the beauty is that we can attain, the heights we can attain when we combine learning with prayer, faith with reason, and the heights this gets you to, and the experiences this gets you to, the beauty of the vista is part of the greatest treasures that he's given me. He mentioned, uh, you mentioned as well about the role of suffering in life. Could you touch on that briefly? Yeah, I actually just had a conversation about this with somebody yesterday. I don't think we should glorify suffering, uh, because then what we do is somebody who, who went into an accident and is, is hurting it, so do we say that that's good, suffering? No, suffering itself is not good. But when we suffer, we could turn that into a prayer and offer it up, so that the suffering that we do have, the necessary suffering, we can turn and offer up, and through that make it redemptive and give it to the Lord. And in that sense, uh, it becomes a, a very beautiful thing. Today, there's too much of this idea that we sort of, in, in, in order to get rid of suffering, we try to get rid of the sufferer. But John Paul was very careful to point out that we should focus on helping people to, uh, my, to, to bring down or, or to avoid suffering, uh, just like that. But we should not get rid of the sufferer. When we come back, we'll be continuing our discussion with Andreas Wiedmar, who is the Assistant Professor of Entrepreneurship at the Catholic University of America. In classrooms across America, students are not learning the same history you did. Last year, McGraw-Hill apologized for calling slave trade immigration, and a popular world history textbook devotes a full chapter to Islam and Muhammad, but only a few sentences to Christianity and Christ. Recent federal testing shows students are far worse in knowledge of U.S. history than in math. Only 12% of high school students are proficient in U.S. history. Today's history textbooks not only fail to engage, they favor political correctness over true history. This is a serious problem that has a far-reaching impact on our culture and our future. What are your kids and grandkids learning? At CatholicTextbookProject.com, you'll find fresh, accurate, engaging history textbooks. Used in Catholic schools in more than 60 dioceses, these textbooks are highly praised by all, even award-winning secular university professors. Go to CatholicTextbookProject.com to find out why. Americans have been traveling down the health insurance highway for decades. But lately, it's been taking us to places we don't want to go. For Christians, it's hard to know which road to take. Or is it? Samaritan Ministries provides a different direction, a biblical path for their members to pray for each other and share financially in each other's medical needs. This idea that Samaritan has adopted from the Book of Acts should permeate all parts of our lives, not just health sharing. We, as a body of believers, are living out New Testament Christianity. This is what God intended for the church. Looking for a new direction for your health care? Join the hundreds of thousands of Samaritan Ministries members who are faithfully sharing millions of dollars in medical needs each month. For more information, visit us online at SamaritanMinistries.org. That's SamaritanMinistries.org. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. In case you just tuned in, you're listening to The Mentors Radio. More information is available on the web at thementorsradio.com. We uh, really love your feedback. Uh, you can like us on Facebook. You can leave a question anytime at 844-610-TALK, 844-610-TALK. And you can find all of our show notes with free links and giveaways at thementorsradio.com. That's thementorsradio.com. 
Today we are talking with Andreas Viedmar, who not only uh, left the Vatican to go into uh, the world of startups with uh, the bumpy ride that it offers, he's also been a featured, uh, he's authored a number of articles and has been featured in the Financial Times, he's been on CNN, ABC, NPR, Wall Street Journal Live, Huffington Post, and many more, including the Vatican Radio, which is no surprise. Now, what I'd like to do is shift gears a little bit and talk about what you're doing at Catholic University. How did you find yourself moving from capitalism to the academy? <laughs> yeah, God is wonderful. Eh? Actually, uh, this it was just like my shift uh, to go into philanthropy with Sir John, is that uh, a, a gentleman uh, who worked at Seaway, um, Andrew Abella, read my book. And he was a professor of marketing at CUA at the Department of Business and Economics. And he read my book and he called and said, hey, this is great. Um, I teach this and would you come and help us? Uh, you know, would you come here and, and lecture for me? You know, just, just come as a guest. And before you know it, we talked about how he had a dream to start a, a really Catholic business school. And that was just uh, unresistible and and so I joined him in the effort to start um, the, the Catholic business at the business school at Catholic University, which is meant to be a business school that is built upon the social teaching of the church and that pursues excellence in faith and excellence in business and to show that business is a force for good. And in your book, you talk about what why a business exists. Could you share that with uh, our audience? Yeah, businesses actually exist, in my, my view, for three things. The first thing is to create. Um, when, we, when we make something out of nothing, that's always an imitation of God. Only God can do this. Like God created the world. In a sense, we have this invitation to continue creation uh, through our work. Um, if that is so, then what we have as a duty in within a company like this is to allow everybody who, who comes in touch with or in contact with this effort of ours, of creation, to also uh, use this as a path to holiness. So, the, so that means we should support others in their path to holiness through what we do. So again, first objective is to create. The second objective is to support each other in holiness through what we do, through our creation, because again, we have a free will, and we can... It's, we have to make sure it's not it's not a given that the goods that we create are truly good, or the services we come up with that they truly serve. That's something we decide, and so we create, we support, and we reward. The third objective of business is to be profitable and be rewarding on all kinds of levels, material level included. Uh, financial level included to pay high and rising wages above above average return on investment and be profitable in general. You know, God has never made anything. He's never created one thing that isn't profitable. And so when we imitate God in his creativity, we need to make sure that we are profitable too. In case you just tuned in, you're listening to The Mentors Radio. More information is available on the web at thementorsradio.com. And you can go to mentorsradio.com to listen to this show and past shows. I'm Tom Laurie, and we're talking with Andreas Viedmar, who is at the Catholic University of America. Andreas, what advice would you give a recent college graduate who may not have um, a lot of direction, may not have a, exactly their life's purpose figured out, and they may not even have a mentor at that point? What would you counsel them yeah, discernment is a is a wonderful process. It's scary, and I know that if you're in the middle of it or on the beginning of it, rather, that it sounds uh, almost too much to handle. However, what I would the way I would start with this is to engage in a regular prayer life. That is, it doesn't matter. You know, there's different people. I'm somebody with very strong ADD. And so I will never be a contemplative, but I can nonetheless uh, have a prayer regimen that can ha- that is is made for my temperament. Yeah, and I think it's very critical through these stages of of change and discernment to have a spiritual director, so that person has a bit of outside perspective, hopefully training, and they can help us to discern what is from God and what isn't. 
And so those two things, I certainly would want to uh, put them in the direction. In. And then as far as your discernment is concerned, did you notice how in my case, every time the discernment came, it's actually something, it's almost like the opportunity I didn't pay attention to because it was in a sense too close to me or too obvious that I ignored. God doesn't usually ask people to pack up their stuff and move all the way over to the other side of the world and go to China and do something over there. God will probably talk to you about something that is relatively close. And if there is a change, God will make you take one foot at a time and take one step, two steps, three steps, and do logical steps within the reach and within the means that you have. And so we shouldn't fret about these huge life-changing decisions if all God is asking us is to take one step at a time and let him lead us to where he wants us to go. Very few times did I see people who have a change in their life, even in my own case, where I, I consider myself having, in a sense, reinvented my career, but not in a, not in a watershed event. It's a gradual process. Afterwards, it looks like watershed, but as you go through it, God is gentle. And so make sure, you know, as it says, that you hear the whisper. And for that whisper, you do have to get um, silent. And you do have to... John Paul used to go sit in front of the Eucharist, in front of adoration, and he would always bring a, one of these yellow pads, notepaper things with him. And anything he does, any writing he did, any planning he did, he always did there. It's one of the things I try to imitate him on. Go and sit in front of the Eucharist and ask for guidance and see what comes back. That's great advice. So now that you're at Catholic University and you're teaching uh, entrepreneurship, what is your big idea for the school, the Bush School? So on the entrepreneurship side, the big idea here is to do two things. On the one hand, entrepreneurship is doing, not just thinking. So I'm a bit, I'm very critical of business plans. In my uh, introduction to business, every business student at CUA, it's a mandatory course, every business student starts a business with me. And so that we're not just talking about this. The first thing you do when you come to business school should be to start a business so that later on when we teach you all this other stuff, it makes sense what it's for. So that this, this shouldn't be theory, this should be practice. That's the first thing. We need to be doers, creators, and actually jump in and start to do this. Who would learn to swim on dry land, right? So that's the first thing. The second thing is this whole attitude in the mental model of seeing business as a force for good, seeing business as what Pope Francis calls a noble vocation, in that sense of being, in a sense, co-creators, participating in God's creative power, and that we... And, and that that excellence of business can be matched with excellence in faith and be a really valid path and a really beautiful path to holiness. We're not going anywhere. Please stick around as we continue our discussion with Andreas Vidmar after the break. I had like memory foams, I had feather pillows, and I'd always wake up with neck pain. After sleeping on my pillow, I didn't wake up with the headaches, I was more aligned. I didn't realize the connection between the pillow and sleep. When I switched to my pillow, I got a better night's sleep, and I love it. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, inventor of MyPillow. My patented fill adjusts to your exact individual needs and it holds that support all night long to take the pressure off your shoulders and keep your neck aligned so you get the best night's sleep of your life. MyPillow is machine washable and dryable and comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee and an amazing 10-year warranty. Plus, every MyPillow is made in the USA. I personally guarantee that MyPillow will be the most comfortable pillow you'll ever own. MyPillow is now offering 50% off their four-pack special, plus free shipping. Go to MyPillow.com or call 1-800-890-6632 and use promo code MENTORS. That's 50% off plus free shipping. Don't delay. Order now. In classrooms across America, students are not learning the same history you did. Last year, McGraw-Hill apologized for calling slave trade immigration. And a popular world history textbook devotes a full chapter to Islam and Muhammad, but only a few sentences to Christianity and Christ. Recent federal testing shows students are far worse in knowledge of U.S. history than in math. 
Only 12% of high school students are proficient in U.S. history. Today's history textbooks not only fail to engage, they favor political correctness over true history. This is a serious problem that has a far-reaching impact on our culture and our future. What are your kids and grandkids learning? At CatholicTextbookProject.com, you'll find fresh, accurate, engaging history textbooks. Used in Catholic schools in more than 60 dioceses, these textbooks are highly praised by all, even award-winning secular university professors. Go to CatholicTextbookProject.com to find out why. Imagine waking up and walking just eight steps to your work. No commute, no traffic. You set your own hours, full-time or part-time. Your choice. Supplement your income, replace your income. It's up to you. HopeInACan.com can help you get there. These aren't empty promises. When Catherine, a popular hairstylist back east, became ill and needed different work, she became part of the Hope in a Can team. Within two years, she not only regained her health, but also more than replaced her income. Mary, a nurse and mother of nine in the Midwest, quit nursing to be with her family and work from home. Her income put nine children through college. A near-retirement dentist is happily building a post-retirement business. What are your goals? Call now, toll-free to learn more. 855-921-HOPE. That's 855-921-HOPE. Or go to HopeInACan.com. That's HopeInACan.com. HopeInACan.com. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Hi, welcome back. If you've just joined us, you're listening to The Mentors Radio. I am Tom Laurie with our guest host, Lynn Fisher, today, and we're talking with Andreas Wiedmar, a former Swiss guard at the Vatican who is now teaching at the Catholic University of America. In your program at uh, CUA, what uh, changes have you made based on, or what changes, and how would you differentiate yourself from other uh, business programs, and how have you been impacted by technology in, in, in moving in that direction? So so we, of course, didn't have to make any changes because we're a new school. We're number 12, so Catholic University of America is the Pope's university in America. It was founded by Pope Leo in, like, 1875 or something, and it just never had a school of business and economics, and so we started that five years ago. So in that sense, we sort of had a empty slate, a clean slate to start. Uh, we built this again. The cornerstone of our school is excellence in faith and excellence in business. We are built around, structured around Catholic social teaching. And so, and with that whole idea of uh, business being noble, uh, co-creation kind of, uh, kind of that thing. As far as that, so that's our key differentiator. We're a really, truly Catholic business school. Um, there's no class uh, that we have where this isn't somehow applied uh, or where Catholic social doctrine does, isn't being discussed in the context. As far as technology is concerned, um, that plays, it depends always on the professor, but that, in my case, that plays a huge role in the classroom. I, I do both. Uh, in my classroom, everybody brings a computer with them. The business I start with the students is a marketing affiliate blog, which is the simplest uh, way to start a business. It's all free. This is America. I love this country. You can still start a business for free. And um, we do that, and it's all technology-based. I think that nobody comes out of our school who doesn't know the most, uh, not just the most basic way of not just consuming but using social media um, and then also that they're able to interpret and and investigate and research uh, the social media um, trends that they have and actually make actionable decisions uh, based on that. So uh, the only thing that we're very strong on is that we actually push a very strong uh, classical liberal education alongside integrated with the business school. So you'd have much more English uh, philosophy and theology than a comparable school. And what do you see today with regards to the millennials? They've kind of gotten a bad rap in being selfish and everything, but yeah, I, I mean, it's I kind of a that. paradox yeah. with uh, what you're doing. I don't see that. I don't, you know, I, 
I don't see that there is this. I don't even like that mentality. Mailing list. What I'm seeing are kids in situations that I recognize myself in these kids. Now, maybe there's the technology that's different, but what I'm seeing is good kids who are looking to make a life, not just a living, who are looking for meaning, who are hungry to understand that they're not um, aimlessly wandering around. They're hungry to um, to find Christ. And um, so I don't see them, uh, even they, when people say they don't have an attention span of everything, I don't see this. All these cliches that they're talking about, millenniums, millennials, I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm not looking for them, but I don't see any of this. I see kids that I can identify with was when I was 20 years old. Well, that's a hopeful sign. Andreas, since yes, you wrote... I'm, I'm very encouraged by who we see. Andreas, since you wrote The Pope and the CEO, what other learning have you gained in your faith journey since that? We're going to have to be quick. It's just... There's a lot of things I've learned since then, but the most important thing is to deepen and to have more personal peace and, in a sense, be more detached with the outcome, not with my effort, but with the outcome of what it is that we're doing. If I am pursuing the, God, the will of God, then what comes out of it? If I put in all I can, and it's at, the un- at the end of that, the outcome is God's will, then I want to be, to begin with, have a deep peace to be welcoming uh, whatever the result is that God ordains. And right. who is the happiest person you met along this journey? Definitely John Paul II. But a second, a close second would be Mother Teresa, who was just, her smile was just an angel's smile. Very impressive. Once you've seen it, it's just, it burns, it positively burns into your heart. Well, listen, we've run out of time. It's really been fun having you, Andreas. Thank you for being my guest. You've been listening to the Mentors Radio Show. I'm Tom Laurie. We've been talking with Andreas Viedmar, who is the Assistant Professor of the School of Entrepreneurship at the Bush School at the Catholic University. If you like what you've heard and you want to share it with your friends, or if you tuned in late, you can hear the whole show at thementorsradio.com. We will look for you there. Join us next week and at this time for the next edition of The Mentors. Until then, on behalf of Rick Brutico, my guest host today, Lynn Fisher, and myself, Tom Laurie, be all that you can be and keep the candle lit for all who struggle in the darkness. It's been The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. To get more information about the program or a sponsor, to download a podcast of today's show, or to leave a question for our host, go to TheMentorsRadio.com. That's www.TheMentorsRadio.com. The preceding program, copyright CBJ, LLC. All rights reserved.